Blog Talk Radio. Wrong number, buddy. Call on the other line. The number I gave you in this email. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and today we're going to be talking with uh, my friend, Buddy Entra, with Entra Stone, who is... uh he just tried to call me on the cell phone, so we'll try to get him to call in on the, on the regular line here uh, in a second. Um, I've got to text him the telephone number, so if you bear with me for just two seconds, folks, and let me let me text him the phone number here real quick. And by the way, the call-in number, I'll go ahead and give everybody as well, is 323-870, typing as I'm speaking, uh, 3968. Three nine six eight. All right. While we're waiting for him to call in, just let me uh, uh, tell you that this is the 55th episode that I've done so far. So if you haven't heard any of the other shows and some of the other great interviews I've had, some great information on not only fabrication but restoration as well as installation, uh, make sure to go back into the uh, uh, to the archives and listen to those shows. They're available for everyone anytime uh, at all. And looks like we have a buddy calling in here. Let me get him on the line. Buddy, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. How you doing, guy? I'm well. I'm well. Good, Enjoying good. Enjoying the nice Florida weather in the northeast today. Yeah, I heard, you know, it's actually hotter in some of the areas up there than it is here. So, hotter, <laughs> but, and we just had one of those violent, violent storms that are driving my uh, oh, dog kind of guano crazy here. Well, I promise I won't call you in January and February to tell you how nice it is here. <laughs> But anyway, why don't you introduce yourself, buddy, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Well, uh, I'm a fabricator, um, mostly residential countertops. I've been working with stone and related products since 1982. Got started on high-rise buildings in Houston back then. And um, I'm, a, I'm a Natural Stone Institute uh, accredited fabricator. Uh, the Natural Stone Institute is what the Marvel Institute of America used to be called. They changed the name up after the merger with another stone organization, the BSI. Um, right. One of one of few. Uh, I think there's about 90 fabricators in the country that are accredited, and uh, maybe more than 100 if you count the the uh, the commercial guys. But I've um, you know I've had the uh, the privilege to, you know, share my experience with others at some of the trade shows and, um, and, uh, yeah, I serve on the board of the natural stone Institute. Um, sometimes I qualify by saying I've been doing this so long. I've had both, both shoulders and an elbow rebuilt over the years. Oh, there so, you go. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm a stoner from way back. So. Well, uh, I guess you're not. This is here in Britain. What's that? Go <laughs> yeah. Go, go uh, ahead. I was going to make a joke, but go ahead. My, <laughs> no, that's all right. My, my, my little bit about my business. I have 10 employees, um, produce one to one and a half jobs a day. I have some uh, fa- former fabricators that still do their own installations. They went into the tile tile business or whatever after uh, the, the 20, uh, 2008 stuff and 2009 when, the, when we had that economic stuff 10 years ago. So I produce for them, and, um, you know, I just try to keep it simple and, um, 
uh, you know, small crew so I could, uh, you, know, uh, pay, you know, pay attention rather than letting things get out of hand. As we know, there's a shortage of skilled labor out there today. So That's absolutely true, and sometimes small is better. I had a, a show last week. I was talking to someone else, and he's, he's an installer, not a fabricator, but real similar situation. Staying small, staying comfortable uh, gives you gives you more time for yourself too, rather than uh, having all the headaches you would normally have with a big, big, big company. So I, I applaud you there. All right, what what I kind of well, want to get yeah, into? Yes and no, because you know when I'm <laughs> when I'm really busy, I got to spend those you know seventy hour weeks for three bucks an hour. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Been there, done that. Well, kind of what I yeah. want to talk about today. I'll kind of jump all over the place here, and uh, but okay. one of the things that I think that is, is you know, is communicating with your with your residential, and I'm assuming you do mainly residential customers. Is my correct in assuming that? Yes, yes. We've had okay. a little downturn here in this area, but so I've priced out some like apartment buildings and things like that. But you know, not, nothing quite yet. Still. Right. Uh, you know, mostly through the builders and designers, and uh, but it, you know, Mrs. Smith and Mrs. Jones are making the decisions. Absolutely. So, in in communicating with these, you know, with these customers, you know, it's it, it can be difficult, no matter what business you're in, no matter what trade you're in. But you know, I guess it's kind of a general question. I'll just let you take it from there. But you know, what would be the proper approach, and what are some of the things you want to try to avoid? Well, one thing one thing I have to realize is is that everybody's different. It's it's, it's subjective, and you know, it, it, there's going to be different expectations from different customers. If I'm dealing directly, say, in a retail basis with a homeowner, a lot of their information they have, uh, you know, their research has been done online, so they have stuff that's all over the place. As far as their expectation, they may see. Uh, an advertisement or a website of a, you know, a company that is more of a factory sort of, uh, we're just going to spit countertops out and um, we'll turn it around in three days, but they may not get the quality that, that they, that they deserve, you know, because of the, the, uh, um, you know, expediency, you know, or, or whatever it might be. Um, And, you know, we do have a general policy. My administrative staff is one office manager and my 28-year-old son. So we do have a general po- policy of how to, you know, treat people and, and you know, uh, set that expectation as far as scheduling, as far as the product they're getting. Um, as we know, many, uh, we have a lot of new natural stones that weren't around 10 years ago, these quartzites and some of these, uh, some granites and stuff that are actually pegmatites and bigmatites. Not trying to impress you with the four-syllable words or anything, but you know what those are, um, right? <laughs> but they you know, but so you know, the ex- sometimes there's an expectation that their countertop is going to be that mirror finish that we saw, all you know, mirror finish, durable, indestructible granite that uh, the industry enjoyed from '95 to '05, and but now we have these hybrids and things that it, it's you know, they're, they're different and, um, you know, communicating with suppliers, getting the suppliers on board to let them, let the, the end user know, uh, you know, what to expect with the product they're picking out instead of it's just granite. You know, we all know the, the, uh, the biggest culprit of, uh, of that is the old super white, uh, dolomitic marble, which when I first saw it, it was, it was sold to me as granite. And then it was a quartzite. Then it was a yep. soft quartzite, whatever the heck that is. And right. <laughs> um, 
and that you know you know now most most suppliers are on board with the dolomitic marble um but the myth that you know a lot of this stuff is indestructible is uh you know has to be put there to the end user and that can be challenging sometimes because there may be a design professional and a build a building professional in between the end user and i may not be communicating directly with the end user so you know the understanding that the uh you know, the builder's going to tell, you know, Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones that this is what they're getting. Um, but we, we try to do our best to do that. A few years ago when good. someone wanted Carrera in their kitchen, I used to have a conversation with them. Today I can't because I have like a three-page waiver on what is natural stone and the various types that go in the kitchens. And, and um, you know, so they have to read it and sign it, if they're, especially if they're getting a calcitic material in their, in their kitchen. All right. So take us through, yeah. uh, you know, as far as dealing with a customer, take us through, you know, you already talked a little bit about, you know, the, the selection of the materials with a customer, but, you know, a customer comes into your, comes into your shop, you know, they, they pick the particular stone. Uh, how, what did we discuss with them as far as, you know, the templating, the installation, seam placement, you know, things of that nature? Well, I, I've just, um, in the last couple of years, I got my first digital CNC machine, a CNC saw um, with a little spindle thing on there. And, um, you know, so I, at the same time, I got the laser templater. Um, I used to do with the sticks and the, the, you know, the template slats, the wood slats and glue them together and, and that. But I still, you know, after the templates, during the template, we talk about seam placement. We may talk about it beforehand. Um, you know, the, uh, once we have slab sizes and stuff, we'll talk about whether we can or can't. I'll also let them, we'll also let them know that we'll make a determination on the health of the material, whether we can, you know, do 120 inch by 60 inch L shape with a cutout in it and safely get it into their, in, into their home and into place. Um, you know, otherwise we'll, you know, let them know that even though the slab may be big enough to accommodate that, we still, for, you know, for, for, for structural reasons, um, you know, cut it and seam it and, uh, and, you know, let them know that it is, is a possibility and it will be our decision, but we're not going to surprise you. That's, I think, is the key is no surprises. Um, when we're doing the, the challenge with uh, converting over to the digital for me is I'm still kind of a old hammer and chisel guy here. And, and um, if my lead, if, if one of my, you know, lead uh, installers, is unable to make the template, or I should say my lead installer, I, you know, work small, as I said, I have, you know, a crew of three that goes on the road. If he's unable to make a template, I still go out and I still use, you know, I'm not comfortable with it yet myself. I've had it for a year, but I still glue the sticks together, take them back to the shop, and then we'll shoot it there. And, uh, you know, my son will help me with that, you know, because he's like the millennial. Um, yeah. So he knows all of the, you know, he knows about the gadgets, but, uh, um, you know, with, with, with the homeowner, it, one of my challenges is, is, is I have, I'm kind of all over the place too there, Fred, but I, I, okay. I, I have a builder who will come in here, like the come into my office, like the Tasmanian devil and say, blah, 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 this, that it's 48. We're going to add this, that, and run out and expect me to understand what the heck he's talking about. <laughs> yep. That worked out that, that would work out you know, 10 years ago when it was myself and my stepson and, and two other guys in the shop. And all that information was filtered through me. But it's a, you know, with, with 10 guys and you have a Sawyer and you have the three guys on the shop floor and the installer and stuff, I can't just 
just take that information. I need them to slow down and write it down, and I have to explain it to them. Whereas when a, a family comes in, a young couple or whatever comes in, and they have their information online, and they sit down at the desk. I don't have a fancy, fluffy showroom or anything. They sit down at our desk. Maybe it's a little bit dusty. Hopefully they're not wearing black or anything. But um, they, right. <laughs> they, they sit down and they talk about, um, you know, their project. And they may not be, you know, dealing through a builder who's familiar with me and knows our little quirks and stuff. So that, you know, particular homeowner is going to get the soup to nuts treatment. They're going to pay a little bit more for it um, than I would charge the builder. But, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm going to walk them through the process. I'm going to give them the supplier list. I have nine slab suppliers within 20 minutes of my location. So I don't have to stock anything. And, um, you know, we go from there. If there seems to be a uh, size requirement because of the, the, the island is 118 or something, um, I'll let them know that and, you know, give them as much information up front and, uh, you know, let, and, and, you know, let them, let them run with it. And I'm open to questions anytime, um, you know, during the process. Uh, so, you know, dealing directly with the homeowner, dealing with builders who are dealing with homeowners, it, it's, you know, that's, as I said, that's kind of like the biggest challenge. Um, All right. You know, we try, we, we do our best to hold the hands of those who need their hands held and allow the ones who don't need their hands held to just go ahead and take care of things. I have designers that basically, you know, some design professionals, they just, they know exactly what they want, when they want, what the details, they know the mechanics of what we do, the, you know, the technology, how, how it's done. Um, they know what happens in my shop. They, they attend CEU presentations, so they you know, even if I'm not presenting it, they'll, they'll still show up and, um, you know, and learn as much as they can. So they know the product that they're specifying. Which is great. So, so, so the, how the, do you deal with, with go ahead. No, I was just so going to say, gonna, so they, they're, they're a little bit easier to deal with, you know. Absolutely. So how do you deal with a customer that comes in and they insist on, you know, for example, the overhang? I mean, we all know there's, there's you know, requirements for, for the proper overhang. They come in and say, well, you know, my husband's a tall guy. He likes to, you know, sit at the island for breakfast and he doesn't want any corbels or supports under there because his knees will hit it. How do you deal with that situation? I have the DS, uh, the, the Natural Stone Institute DSDM in big binder form sitting right in my office. And uh, if I have to email them, you know, all of that stuff is accessible online. I can email them, you know, the link to the proper page that talks about, you know, no more than 10 inches with at least, you know, 24, you know, the two-thirds, one-third up to 10 inches uh, on three-centimeter material. And I I stick to it. I, um, you know, I consult with attorneys who are, uh, who do, you know, who's had the odd case where the piece broke. You know, whether the, you know, I recently spoke with somebody in Manhattan. They had a 16-inch overhang that was installed in, like, 1998. So it was one of those, uh, you know, very healthy salt-and-pepper classic granites. But Mm -hmm. the woman was standing on top changing a light bulb when it broke, and she injured herself. And I I did the, you know, the quote-unquote expert testimony as to what the standards are uh, on the phone with with the attorneys and, you know, let them hash it out. So Which when the homeowner you, comes in and, tell, and they tell me they want 12 inches, I tell, you know, or 14, I'll say, you got to get the, you have to have the bracing. And as far as working with some of the man-made products, I, I make them, you know, where we refer to the manufacturer's uh, um, recommendations because, you know, I can't just say quartz is quartz. It's, 
it's right. you know they're they're made they're made differently and my experience has you know shown that they don't all perform the same you know down the road five and ten years down the road absolutely and it's so, uh you know. And it, I, I guess what it boils down to is, you know, like what you're you know, what you're saying is educating the customer and and good communication, you know, with the customer. So, you know, you go through all this, customer signs off on on the job, and you're getting ready to do the installation. Let, let's talk a little bit about about the guys doing the install, as far as your employees going out there, uh, especially when it relates to to the the you know dealing with a customer. So, first of all, the simple question is, do you do background checks on your guys on your employees? Um, no, I do not. I, okay. I go as far as looking up on the state department of justice thing to see if they have anything ongoing. You know, I don't Which do a full perfect. FBI, uh, FBI check. I do have one or two that are second chance fellas. I, you know, they, he came out of a, you know, I, one guy, I had one, he, he had moved on, but I have one work currently working for me. Who's a second chance. Um, you know, he's got, uh, he's got a record, nothing, you know, crazy, crazy, but, uh, He's got a record and was in a transition home when um, I had met, I met him and I took a chance on him and he's been a very reliable employee and, and been very, very, you know, well, you know, he's done very well for me. My lead installer has been with me uh, 10 years now. And, um, you know, so basically I'll let him, you know, babysit my kids, even though my kids are nearly 30, but um, (laughs) you know, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I trust him, you know, you know, inherently, and I've never had an issue at all with him at all for any, you know, behavior issues or whatever. Um, you know, one of the things that I taught early on and one of the things I was taught when I go to the house for the first time, because it's the first impression, is I put out my hand and say, hello, my name is Buddy Antra, not I'm here for your countertop, you know, right. Um, and just introduce first and last name, whether they introduce how they introduce themselves is their business, but you know, I want them to know who is in their house. And when Carlos goes in there, he says, my name is Carlos Barrera. And I'm, you know, I'm here to measure your countertop and template your countertop. And he doesn't say I'm Carlos from Entre. He doesn't say that, you know, he, uh, Very he good. Says, good idea. You know, just and first I, I, and last name. And that, and that, it, that makes a big difference. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's first impression. So I'm, I'm assuming you guys aren't like uh, some of the, and I don't mean this in a bad way for you guys listening from Florida that uh, you don't show up with a pair of flip-flops and shorts to do the install. So do do you have a required dress code for your guys? Well, yes, they have to wear the proper safety footwear and, uh, you know, they just have to look nice. I do have company shirts and um, everybody has, you know, two, maybe three of them or whatever. But uh, um, I, I go through, when I go to the trade shows, I go trick-or-treating for the guys. I'll go up to the various machine manufacturers and whoever's got trade shirts. I'll fill up one of those bags and, and ship them back like 30, you know, 20 or 30 shirts and just hand them out to the guys as they need them. You know, the guys in the shop will get some glue on a shirt. They'll need a new shirt or something like that. And, or it'll get wet and they'll want to take it off. And, uh, you know, so I'll have, I have a drawer full of them from all of my vendors, you know, the slab vendors. And I have them from, you know, your various park and grand courts and, you know, not that I'm picking one over another stone boss and, and whatever. I'm trying to, to try to sure. include all of my, my regular vendors there. But um, right. <laughs> and even ones I don't do business with, you know, so I always grab a Sasso shirt every year and I grab a, uh, you know, um, who else is good for shirts? Uh, you know, Grant, park, but, park you, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> right. Yeah. Park, you know, park has them and, 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 and I'm not afraid to say, Hey, you know, drop off some shirts or send me some shirts, especially if I just bought a piece of equipment from somebody. Absolutely. 
expect the whole case. You know, but they, I have a quick guy. So you know, <laughs> you know, and I don't allow anybody to be dressed up, uh, uh, you know, dressed up, you know, with torn clothing or anything like that. You know, their pants have to fit properly. You know, back in the day where the big baggy pants, you know, were, were yep. popular. You know what? They either had to hold them up because you can't carry a countertop in with one hand and hold your pants up with the other. All right, that just doesn't work out. You know, and you know, I I, I have like I have an unwritten policy about uh, you know you can't have anything you know offensive written on your shirt. If you come in and you have a Pepsi Cola shirt, fine. You know that's okay. You know, um, but if it's something offensive, I you know I tone down with the biker shirts. You know, no offense or anything like that. Um, right. You know, to those who enjoy the motorcycles, but you know, some people may be offended about it, and I'm not just trying to be a snowflake about it or, or, or cater, you know, you know, to that sort of thing. But you just sure. never know what people are thinking. Absolutely. You know, I don't want to, I don't want a young mother who's 28 years old with their little kids worried about who's in their house. No. Absolutely. So, you know, everybody talks about, I mean, all the fabricators I talk to and actually have done a couple of shows on safety and OSHA, et cetera, but let's concentrate on, on you know, what, what I haven't discussed yet and I want to discuss with you is safety on the job site and not only safety for your employees, but also safety for the, for the, for the customer itself. So how do, you, how do you protect the customer? How do you protect your employee during an install? Well, you know, going through the accreditation process um, has – Opened my eyes a little bit. Uh, OSHA, they can, they can enforce stuff on like on a residential thing, mostly on a ground up from the ground up type of new construction home. And here in Fairfield County, we have some monsters in Greenwich and you know some of the more affluent cities and towns. But um, they really, they have, they're not going to walk into uh, uh, you know an owner occupied home and say, hey, you're not. Um, you know, you, you didn't put your safety glasses on when you cut that or whatever. I have a policy. We have a policy that whatever we do in the shop, we do on the site. And especially with the, the new silica standards and stuff, we will not cut anything inside the house, not even the little piece that goes near the, uh, the door trim or something like that. It's got, if it has to be adjusted, it goes at least out to the tailgate. We have ground faults on the truck um, that, uh, that we use if it has to be, you know, if we have to cut it wet. Um, we don't do any adjustments to quartz. Uh, you know, we might totally soak it down and cut a little trim notch um, on the back of the truck. But if it has to be a big adjustment, such as, you know, cutting, cutting the seam or cutting a piece from a quarter to zero on the 25-inch length there, it's coming back to the shop because, you know, it, we, we just will not um, put that stuff in anybody's property on their driveway. Um, you know, so any anything that we have to do at, in the shop, we do on the job site. Back uh, right before, um, I don't know if you remember Mike, Michael Reese from. Well, I know you remember oh, Michael yeah. Reese from yep, Magazine. Do, yeah. Right, right before he passed away, um, I, the year before, I'd written an article for them on like behavior and appearance on the job site, and he titled it "Our Second Shop." You know, the customer's home. And then he asked me to do another one. I remember standing there in Las Vegas at, at the trade show, and, and he says, hey, you want to write another one? How about this one on the second shop, uh, job site safety? And I said, sure. And a month later, he you know, tragically died in that accident. And right. I was approached later on by Jen Riccinelli, who asked me to go ahead and, and, and write that. 
And, you know, and I did, and I did some research and took some pictures and stuff. And, you know, we talked, uh, I, I think I talked extensively about just doing what we do in the shop at the customer's home, making, you know, in addition to that, you have to make sure that the, uh, our paths are clear, the footpaths and everything's out of the way. And, you know, don't, you know, don't lay your toolbox right where you have to walk with the Island or something, you know, um, Ask people to, you know, ask the homeowners to, uh, you know, move anything, furniture or anything. Can we move it? Just don't grab a table and move it. You know, ask them, hey, can we move this out of the way, you know, for safety reasons and stuff. And that's one thing that, you know, my, my crew does. They walk in and out several times, well, you know, at least once, to make sure they have a clear path to where they're going. They'll, you know, uh, uh, park, park the truck where if they have to turn a long piece around and they have to do it outside, there's no room inside to do it, that they're able to do that safely. Um, you know, one of the, if, if one of the biggest uh, injuries in our business are from lifting or, you know, from weight back injuries and stuff. And if, you know, someone's trying right. to get up the stairs and they're twisted the wrong way, or if something happens, um, you know, when they stumble or something, they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to tweak a back or something. And, you know, frankly, I don't want to pay for it, <laughs> but frankly, I yeah, don't want exactly. you know, but more, but more importantly, I don't want anybody injured or worse. Um, I've right. had my share of injuries over the years. Uh, I'm not a big guy, you know, I'm average size, a little bit smaller in stature than most, but I learned how to lift early on. And, um, you know, I didn't get any hernias until I had basically put myself behind a desk. <laughs> yeah, that'll do <laughs> and, it. <laughs> And that was the result of a 150-pound dog chasing a squirrel, uh, you know, when I, and I, and I tried to hold <laughs> on to him on the leash. So um, but that's, a, that's a wear and tear thing. But, you know, those are very important about, you know, the guys will forget to put their glasses on or their ear protection on or, or plug the ground fault in if they're, you know, trimming a backsplash outside, you know, uh, you know and using a, a little piss bottle for water. Um, and, uh, but... You know, it's something that I have tried to make, you know, that I have made a policy. I'm not on every job site today, but uh, I'm pretty certain that uh, they follow it. All right. Now, I also want to mention, too, because you had mentioned your articles, that for anyone listening out there, if you want to read some of Buddy's articles, just go to Stoneworld, uh, their website, Stoneworld, and you can just search your your name, and I, I did that, and uh, your articles will, will, will pop up. So let, let's talk about you. You talked about modifying the, the countertop. I, I get this question all the time, and I find that a lot of times it has to do with local codes or whatever, but I want to ask you this question. What about making any modifications to the countertop? cabinets uh do you do any of that work to, or do you just say hey call the cabinet guy let him make the modification well um i learned early on i got i was installing cat you know countertops uh you know back in the late 80s when there really weren't a lot of them and um you know the customers of a fabrication shop were italian tile setters buying sills saddles and seats um, and then when we'd get the countertop, they'd need an expert to do it. And I had a pickup truck and I would, I made a lot of money doing that, you know, all cash in pocket, um, you know, back in the late eighties. But, uh, you know, back then I learned early on what my limitations were as a carpenter. And of course, the, so little, little things will make minor adjustments such as, uh, making a little scoop in the style to accommodate a, an anchor for the sink, 
Um, I'm not going to go and beef things up or anything like that. And, you know, maybe we'll put a ledger on the wall in the back corner of the Lazy Susan. Right. Um, you know, but I'm not doing anything major. Um, uh, it, you know, and sometimes we have to make that decision. We drive 30, 40 miles uh, with a, you know, two, three slab countertop, and there has to be an adjustment made. Well, do I, you know, we call the builder, oh, well, we can't get him out there for a while. Uh, the, what should I do, you know, or do I turn around and come back and lose a whole day? You know, right. I, you know, I may or may not get compensated on that, depending on who's, you know, writing the check. And, um, and you know, there's, been, there's so much competition out there where that's such a saturated in- industry that, um, you know, sometimes you just can't afford to say, you know, you go ahead and you turn around and go back and then come back, you know, several days later after they make the modification, unless it really is a structural, real structural issue. If, uh, if I have to do that and then I say something, well, you owe me 500 extra 500 bucks, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, especially if it's a building you work with over and over and over again, you know, um, a great way to avoid that is, you know, have, the builder, which it doesn't always work out, but you have someone there who can make a decision who, who, um, you know, contractor or a homeowner who actually knows if the homeowner is not aware of like the little, uh, you know, uh, you know, P's and Q's we have to mind as far as, you know, the cabinets are concerned, get the, we get the number of the contractor so we can say, Hey, you have to do this to accommodate the sink. Or, um, you know, we noticed there wasn't enough support on the Lazy Susan to accommodate the stone. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times we're making, making a judgment call on site, whether we're going to turn around and kill a day or make what could be something we can handle, a simple 15-minute, you know, trim or scoop of a style or something like that. But uh, catching that at template time, it saves a lot of headaches. Right, and I'm assuming also you probably catch some of this stuff uh, when you go out and do the template as well. I mean, not not all of it, but I'm I'm sure if there's anything major, you'll catch it during the templating stage. Yes, and, it, and you know, experience experience uh, really does help. Uh, my my installer who's been with me for ten, who has uh, you know had ten years, maybe five ten years experience before that, um, can catch these things and knows how to troubleshoot. Um, I catch a lot of different things and, you know, it's the old, um, uh, no one to hold them, no one to fold them thing. You know, you yep. might have the same hand, same poker hand on different, different occasions, but looking at what the other people are holding one day, you're going to fold it and one day you're going to hold it. Um, right. you know, it's just knowing when to do that. You know, uh, it's got a saying, which is what I tell my guys, you know, what do you do when the, you know, what hits the fan? Well, right. if you're not close <laughs> enough to unplug it there, you have two choices. One of them is you stare right at it, and then you clean yourself up when it's all said and done, and the other is you duck and get out of the way. But either option or it could be the correct option. It just depends on the situation. So, you know, as far as cabinet adjusting and stuff, it depends on the situation and whether we're able to handle it or not. You know, I, I, I will undo plumbing. I will not hook it back up. You know, and I, I guess sometimes codes, I know in certain locales, plumbing is uh... – it's so heavily unionized. I don't know where you are that uh, you don't want to dare touch it. Uh, but it's, anyway, it's not, uh, up where I am, it's not in the residential unless it's like a you know a, a big like 200 unit apartment building or something like right. that. Yeah, you're lucky. So. 
So how how do you deal with a customer that wants to you know get in there and either help or you know they're they're telling you what to do or you know how do you deal with that on a on the job site? Um, very politely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had a situation. Say. <laughs> I had a situation about twelve years ago. I was working for a retail tile store who was working for the builder who was working for the homeowner. So we go into the house. Um, I wasn't there, of course, but my installer at the time, not the same fellow I have now, um, they moved the stove out of the way very carefully. And the, and, and the homeowner, a little old lady, I, I wouldn't say little old lady, but she was, you know, an elderly woman gets out her broom and starts uh, sweeping up the dust bunnies where the stove is. And my guy like looked at her and said, you got to get the heck out of the way. He didn't say heck, he said hell, but you got to get, you know, the, the, you know what, out of the way, uh, right. you know, instead of simply saying, Hey, you know what, can you give us a couple minutes to get everything inside? You know, we don't want to endanger, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's the way you handle it. You know, you can politely right. say, I'd love to answer your questions, but let me get my equipment in and get the countertops in and get rolling here. And then I'll be happy to answer your questions. Um, you know, please, this stuff is heavy. Can you get the dog outside for me? You know, just be nice about it. You know, I, right. I, I, I grew up in this industry where I can walk into the house with a cigarette dangling from my mouth, you know, oh, and, wow. <laughs> you know, we, we well, we can't do that. I mean, as you know, I used no. to be able, you know, we used to be able to back right up to the door, let alone over the garden. You know, we can't do that today anymore. You know, no. so, you know, so the granite I, guys are here. Everybody, the whole job stops and everybody gets leaves and goes home. You know, so we have right. the whole floor. It doesn't work out today, you know. No, not at all. So you're, you've got, you, you did the install. The install went great. Everything's looking good. Um, now you talk to the customer after, after the installation, you know, usually immediately after the installation. I mean, what, what, what do you talk about? I mean, do you give them care instructions? And, you know, maybe yes. we get into ceiling here as well. Yep, I give them care in, instructions. We have the, 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 the nice little shiny uh, pamphlet from the Institute that we give them. We also, uh, depending on the material that they have, if it's something calcitic, you know, I talked about that, you know, that waiver about explaining, you know, how marble's going to behave with etching and all of that and, and right. scratching and, you know, and, and I, you know, I've got enough experience that I could tell them the difference, uh, you know, of how, um, you, the different way Imperial Danby will behave compared to Carrera. You know, the the, the, the Vermont marble is a lot more dense. Right. It's not going to absorb right. as much, but it still will be susceptible to the etching and scratching, where the Carrera will etch, scratch, and it will absorb everything, you know. So, you know, little things like that I can, I, you know, I can I can tell them. I usually try to keep it simple with a blanket statement and, and, and refer a couple of retail products out there that I know work well. Um, you know, one of them was one of the first ones on the shelves in a retail store. So I'm not going to endorse anything because there's, there's so many of them. But um, yeah. I, so that one I, I, I recommend uh, over and over again, and people are familiar with that, with the brand. But, you know, there are a lot of good products for, for care and maintenance on there. Um, I tell them to stay away from stuff with citrus power and, or, or whatever. And so I try to keep a nice blanket statement because, you know, some – you know, especially with natural stone, they behave, you know, they behave differently. You know, the old salt and pepper granites are pretty much indestructible. You could use Windex and Pledge and all those types of things and, you know, all these harsh cleaners on it and it doesn't do a thing. But 
once we get into got into the uh, the stones with the names Persia and stuff and and that have the fisheries and the different minerals in there, mineral deposits, those different colors or some sort of different mineral deposit might behave differently to whatever cleaning product they're using. So, uh, you know, I had to step away from it and keep it, you know, simple and keep it pH neutral and everything else, even if their granite is one of the old classics like Luna Pearl, you know. So what do you do? How, how do you handle sealing? I mean, is that something you discuss with a customer and, you know, follow-up question that would be, do you seal in the shop or do you seal on site or both or what's your policy there? We do, we, we do both. We seal it on the, we seal it in the shop. Um, a lot of the resin materials really don't need it. As you see, everything beads up off of it with the re- resin granites and, and uh, you know, many uh, uh the Brazilian products, especially everything's resin, even their mar you send a block of Carrera to Brazil for them to slab it and it comes back resin now. So, uh, you know, I don't know why that is, but that's what they just do it. You know, it's one of those things. But we seal in the shop. We use the, you know, the appropriate product, usually a water base on um, more porous materials like marble and, uh, and uh, limestones. And we use the solvent base on the denser materials. And we will just do another application for show on site because it's a peace of mind. They get to see it. Um, you know, I know that you're not – if. <coughs> You got you can't put a water base on top of a solvent base, but you could put a solvent base on top of a water base. It, it, you know, I know those little, right. little little things like that. But you know, it, doing it in their home after everything's done gives them a peace of mind that it is done. And then when they ask when do I need to do it again, I give them the answer: when you see your water uh, absorb immediately. If I have a new now natural you- product that I haven't worked with yet, I'll run a test. But I'll also explain that, um, you know, with the various uh, manufacturers and different types of sealers on it. And then I'll run a test, throw some coffee or, you know, somebody's lunch on it for, you know, 24 hours to see what happens. And, and, um, and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll use that product that worked the best over the 24 or 48 hours in the shop. However, I will explain to them uh, that, you know, just because it, it was the most effective in my shop, it may not be the most effective long term. You know, the one that was 70% effective might be more effective five years down the road than the one that was like, you know, uh, like, you know, really effective, you know, for the 48 hours in the shop. Absolutely. And there's different now, factors, you, I tell, you know, the, the, you know, sunlight and how they use the counters and, you know, are they cleaning paintbrushes with lacquer thinner on there? Well, that's going to dissolve <laughs> any, any protection that's on there, you know? Right. Now, you also, you, you mentioned resin materials, and I actually did a whole show on, on the resining uh, uh, situation, but uh, which brings me to the question of you get a customer that has an outdoor barbecue or an outdoor bar in their pool, and they want a particular granite that's resin, which we know that most of them are today. How do you deal with that? Um, well, we talk about it. And if they find something they like that's, that, that is resin, I'm going to try to steer them away. However, if they pick one of the classics, you know, or, you know, even one of the classic Nysic stones like a Santa Cecilia or something, and it's resin, I don't worry too much about it. When I do worry is when it gets into the Persias and the Alaskas that have the big quartz and the, and the, the fissury stuff where that resin can, excuse me, where that resin can, like, uh, curl and, and pop out and, and, right. and discolor where you can see it. If it's, again, if it's something like a classic, or even some of the nicer ones from uh, uh, Brazil, uh, it really 
isn't going to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my, my fancy new Caledonia counter in my uh, living room here. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and if that was resident outside, you, you, nothing would happen to it just because of the way, you know, it's formed. But right. what I would say out of the counters that I've been doing outdoors, I'm going to say more than half are brushed steel gray. Mm. That's, you know, that's been the trend on the outdoor things. Three or four years ago, it was all black absolute with the occasional jet mist. Now everybody wants brushed steel gray. I don't know what it is. It just, I guess, works with whatever it is um, with, you know, whatever, uh, you know, uh, thin stone they have uh, going on their, on their uh, outdoor kitchen there. And you, you, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Black Absolute because I'm getting calls left and right on that. Have been for years. So let's talk a little bit about. Have you run into issues with dyed stone? Uh, yes, I have. And, and how do you handle I, that? Do you I, handle I, that with a supplier? Or, well, or you, you know, that? this guy told me I, I, I was I was sitting in this week long seminar like like I don't know eight years ago now or seven years ago in Las Vegas and he. And, the, and this guy in a Hawaiian shirt told me once to put some acetone <laughs> on a cloth and wipe it on there to see, you know, and that way you can tell if it's dyed or not. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's – I actually have a case right now out in out west where uh, 11,000 square feet of dyed, dyed black absolute. It was sold to him as premium, uh, premium absolute, and it's not. It's gray, but anyway. Well, you know, right. another uh, – <laughs> You know, another indicator of that is when you call up your supplier and you say, hey, I need some black absolute, you know, premium, and, you know, they'll tell you it's $22 a square foot. Then you call up the next guy and you say, they, they tell you they got this great black absolute, but it's only $13 a square foot. That might yeah, be an wrong. indicator that, it, you know, it's right. You know, it's, uh, there was some uh, funny stuff going on. Exactly. All right, so we got the customer coming into your shop. You get you fabricated. Everything's going great. You get it on the job site. It's installed. You talked with the customer, and hopefully by now you have a check. How do you deal with the dissatisfied customer? The customer that has a complaint either right away or, you know, a week or so or, more, or longer down the road? Well, um, you know, depending on the situation, if it's life or death, it depends on, how frantic they are in the be you know the beginning of our conversation we talked about you know different customers have different needs you know and the different homeowners you know some of them might be just like fine um, I have this uh, right now I have one that she has these very very small and I'm going to say very small natural pits in her countertop and you know they you know they take their 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 uh, camera phone and they put it like like half an inch away to take the picture. So it looks like, you know, it looks like a dime size <laughs> hole in the counter. And, you know, in reality it's not. And I told them, you know, nothing, you know, not to worry about it, but you know, it's, it, it's a younger woman and her grandmother, there's three generations of uh, ladies living in this house and the owner of the house, she's like 25, just got her a great job or whatever. And mom's in the house and the grandmother's in the house and the grandmother is like totally freaking out about it. So I'm going to, you know, take care of it very quickly. Um, so, you know, I, I feel out, you know, what their needs are. If I feel it's something that has to be taken care of right away, I'm going to take care of it right away. Um, and, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what they're dissatisfied about. Uh, I can, you know, I could throw a lot of those four-syllable words around and stuff and dazzle them and, you know, make them think everything's okay. But for the right. most part, I'll go check it out. I'll go. I'll go take a look at it, and um, 
you know, and the fact that I took the time, the owner of the company, the guy with the 35 years or 42 years, whatever it is, since 1982, 36 years, um, you know, went out there and uh, looked at it and talked about it. And then I'll say, all right, I'll tell you what, um, pick a day next week. I'll have one of my fabricators come out and take care of this, you know, or that or whatever it is. If it's a, you know, an issue that, you know, would be better suited for one of my fabricators than a uh, installer. So just take, you know, the quicker you take care of it, you know, you answer the phone, don't ignore them. Um, You know, they, they have needs. And, you know, I think about when, I have a question with whether it's my insurance carrier or the guy fixing my cars or something like that. And they don't answer the phone right away. I start, you know, because we have this whole instant gratification going on in our, in our culture today that, you know, we have to know what's going on right away. We can't wait. Right. Thank, thank you. Internet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. So buddy, any, uh, I want to thank you for your time and some great information. Do you have any last minute, uh, any last minute thoughts or advice for our listeners out there? Well, you know what? Don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, there are, there are a lot of us out there that will be happy to, you know, especially like, you know, uh, folks that are newer to the industry. We have some great organizations that will answer questions. Um, You know, whether it is the natural stone Institute, which I'm very involved in, but, you know, I'm also a member of the SFA, which is great for that technical information. Um, you know, those guys, they bend over backwards for each other. And, it's, right. you know, it's, 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 you know, if you want to know what bit to use to drill a hole for a dishwasher anchor, you're going to, you know, and you ask that question on their forum or even their Facebook page, you're going to get answers from all over the country of what is the best tool for that, for something simple like that, you know, with, you know without any judgment. You know, the, the Natural Stone Institute has a lot of safety resources and education. Um, there's another organization out there that is uh, definitely more uh, business-oriented, um, and that's the Rockheads and their fabricators. And, you know, a lot of them are big volume fabricators. And, you know, they, they know all about the benchmarks and the, the, the charts and the graphs and how to, you know, up your margins from, you know, 2.1% to 2.2. You know, they'll, you know, you right. can get that. So, you know, becoming members of these organizations, you know, you don't have to join all of them, but find the, find the one that might be right for your situation. Um, and, you know, even so, many of us will be there to answer questions because, you know, I firmly believe that I can only succeed if the whole industry succeeds. So, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to share my experience with the guy across the street. I might not let him use my tools and toys. But if he calls me and, and says, hey, hey, buddy, I'm having a hard time cutting this quartzite, um, you know, any, any any tips? And I'll, you know, I'll talk about, you know, well, maybe can you, you know, do you have a very variable speed on your saw? What size blade you're using? Are you using your granite blade? Maybe you should purchase another blade specifically designed. You may just hold the hose on the water, whatever. You know, just, you know, I'll give them advice on how to do their job better. Because when they, you know, if they mess up a job, it hurts us all. Absolutely great advice, and it never was like that in the old days, as you remember, and I'm glad to see that those resources are are out there, and I encourage everyone to do it. Well, buddy, thank you very much for your time and some great advice, and I'm sure I'll catch you uh, probably out in Vegas in January. I'll I'll be there. Um, I've got a commitment there running for the next few years, so – and uh, so I'll, you know, I'll be out there. I don't really roam the floor all that much, but I, I, I will be at the education and, uh, you know, it's some of the happy hours. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, buddy, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, Fred. I really enjoyed it. Same here. Alrighty, folks. There you have it. Uh, I want to mention a, a couple of things. If you, uh, we threw out some organizations out there. Uh, if you want a little bit more information on them, just simply send me an email or any other questions you have. And my email is f houston that's f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com. Uh, again, Buddy's got several articles that he did for Stoneworld Magazine. I would make sure you check them out if you go to Stoneworld's uh, website. I'm not sure if it's stoneworld.com, but just Google it like we do everything nowadays and uh, uh, Google it. Uh, also mentioned, I did mention Vegas. I'll, I'll be out in Vegas in January. I'll be doing my stone tile and troubleshooting seminar out there. So if anyone wants to sign up for that, just simply check out my website, which will be stoneforensics.com. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. <laughs>